This is the season for running and wrapping and fixing and packing and stuffing and decorating and greeting, but you made it. So we need to take a collective sigh of relief. And may I wish you a very Merry Christmas. I remember catching one of my sons with a huge bogey on one of his fingers and he was just about to smear it down the kitchen wall and I shouted, stop. He stopped dead in his tracks. He looked at me, he looked at his finger, he looked at the wall, he looked at his finger again and then he offered it to me and simply said, do you want it? Now, if someone had handed you 2020 on the end of their finger and said, do you want it? I think I know what we all would have said. Truth is, 2020 has been so tough for so many. We've had to deal with fear and loss and anxiety and isolation. We've missed the simple things like hugging others and at times, toilet paper. Yet there have been moments where I've felt so much pride at how communities and neighbors have come together to look after each other. In new ways, we've learned to appreciate and honor our NHS and other frontline workers. And we've had heroic individuals like Captain Tom, a local man to us here in Bedfordshire, inspiring the nation with his courage and willingness to help others, bringing what he could. And sometimes less pride in humanity, knowing that this was the year that Baby Shark has become the online video seen by more people than any other, played 7.4 billion times. Now extreme extroverts like me have pulled their hair out, if they have any hair, while extreme introverts have been living their best life. Now this is the year that many of us got used to staring at ourselves on Zoom calls and worshipping on a Sunday morning in front of screens in our pyjamas. We did our best to homeschool our children, bouncing around with Joe Wicks and realising that every teacher's pay should at least be tripled. And yet many people I know have spoken of taking this opportunity to connect with their family in a deeper way and an appreciation for nature and the countryside. We got used to words like lockdown, pandemic, unprecedented and furlough becoming a normal part of our vocabulary. Apparently, production is even down this year at Santa's workshop. Many of his workers are having to elf-isolate. I'm really sorry. I saw that in one of 2020's best Christmas cracker jokes. I also liked, why couldn't Mary and Joseph join their work conference call? Because there was no Zoom in the inn. Uh, I know. All right, try this one. Why did the pirates have to go to lockdown? Because the R rate had risen. All right, just one more, okay? Why is it best to think of 2020 like a panto? Because eventually it's behind you. Oh, listen, this year has been a crazy year, but I cannot think of a better time to pause to be thankful for the birth of Jesus. So now let me invite you to listen to this song from some of our King's Arms friends, and then Simon, who will give you something to pause and reflect on this Christmas day. But if you are not a Christian, and you're wondering what this is all about, let me share with you some words from St. Augustine, who said this. He said, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it finds rest in you. This Christmas, may you find rest in him. Oh, oh. 
Luke chapter 2, verse 6 says this, While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. We lived in a house once where I was pretty sure we had mice in the kitchen. Now, when you think you've got mice, you don't clomp around in your Dr. Martin slamming doors and bashing around. What I did is late one night, after the mice thought we'd gone to bed, I sneakily got up again when the house was all quiet. I snuck down the stairs quietly, I opened the door slowly, and boom, turned on the light. And there he was, busted in the glaring kitchen light, sitting there in the middle of the floor. It's like that in this season, isn't it? In normal life, we dress ourselves up, we make ourselves look presentable, we hide what we don't want to be seen. Sometimes we even manage to kid ourselves. The show that we put on is that good. But in this season, boom, the light's gone on and it's all there for all to see. No one can escape from the reality of what's on the inside. That's why addictions are skyrocketing and relational breakdown is escalating. What's been exposed under the glaring kitchen light of lockdown and COVID? Well, loads of things, but here's one thing I wasn't expecting. I think for me, this COVID season has highlighted our vulnerability. Much of our lives are constructed around escaping that sense of vulnerability, to stand on our own two feet, to be able to provide for ourselves and our families, to achieve things and go places and do things, and it's not bad. But there's a very real danger that the cords of self-reliance can become entangled with the healthy desire to be a functioning, healthy person, such that it becomes toxic, and we lose connection with the very real reality that we are vulnerable and then boom the light's gone on and there we are scared and alone caught out in the middle of the kitchen of life the control the order even the progress we thought we've made in our carefully constructed lives has been whisked away by a tiny virus a few hundred nanometers in size and yet brutally exposing the rarely thought about reality we are fragile we are vulnerable in different ways, some of us our health is vulnerable, some our mental health, some of us our jobs, some it's our relationship, some it's our motivations, the things that get us up in the morning, some it's our faith. All of us are vulnerable. No one can fake it. The truth is out, the kitchen light is on. We are vulnerable. But actually, perhaps it also gives us an opportunity to see something else that's not often looked at. I mean, if the light's now on, Let's really see the way we've never seen before. In the midst of this nativity story is the incredible fact that God incarnate in flesh appeared as a baby. He was in need of care and attention, even for the very basics of life, eating and drinking and moving from place to place to place, even sometimes getting to sleep, I'm sure. I'm not sure I buy the line in the carol, the little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. There's no hint of that in the original story. He was a normal baby having no way to defend himself, having no leverage, having no power, having no influence, entrusting himself completely into the hands of another. Delicate, fragile, powerless, vulnerable. Isn't it a marvel? His life begins in that way, in his birth, vulnerable, carried into the world by Mary and Joseph, and in his death, vulnerable, carried out of the world, from the cross by another Joseph, Nicodemus, Mary, some of his other disciples. 
vulnerable. So while we squirm and balk at the exposure of our own vulnerability, blinking in the kitchen light of this new COVID reality, maybe we also begin to realise that Jesus himself entered into vulnerability to invite us into vulnerability. Unlike us, his vulnerability wasn't thrust upon him. He took it up like a cloak. He clothed himself in vulnerability and he invites us into his vulnerability. I love this that I read in an Advent uh, liturgy. Beneath the surface of your story is an inescapable fact. You entered the world as vulnerable as any one of us in order to nail that vulnerability to the cross. Our fears, our insecurities and our sins, all that can separate us from God exchanged by your grace for love. We cannot comprehend the reasoning why we marvel that salvation comes to us through a baby born in a stable who reaches out to a world in need. Instead of trying to smother or cover up or escape from the inevitable reality of our vulnerability, maybe this Christmas season we accept it, we embrace it even and we welcome it because the only reason you need to worry about vulnerability is if there's no one there to defend you. After all, most babies don't worry about vulnerability because they have someone there to protect them. Here's the reality, to be vulnerable is only scary if you're alone. But what if you're not alone? What if you don't have to protect yourself? What if Jesus trusted himself in birth and in death in vulnerability to show us that ultimately we all have to choose. Will we trust ourselves to him? Will we lay down our self-reliance, which has been shown to be a faulty walking stick that snaps under any real weight, and instead lean on him? Listen to one of the earliest followers of Jesus who accepted the invitation to vulnerability. Romans chapter 8, verse 31. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he give us all things and everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one, for Christ Jesus died and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading, for us. Can anyone ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean that he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day. We're being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ. Jesus our Lord. So do you accept this invitation this Christmas to embrace your vulnerability?
to come to the one who offers you overwhelming victory. Didn't you just love that? The one whose love cannot be overcome, the one who made himself vulnerable to show us that we can trust him because he knows us and he loves us and he'll never let us down. Have a blessed Christmas. Ultimately, that's what today is all about. In the midst of the food preparation, the present unwrapping, the board games, movies, or the simple normality of another day, let's remember what the angels said to the shepherds on that first Christmas. Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The news of Jesus is still the best news you or I will ever hear. And it's still bringing great joy to people across the globe. A saviour has come. And I see no better way to end this Christmas Day meeting than praying over you and your families the blessing. From Numbers 6, 24 to 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Merry Christmas.